Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is April 21st, 2023. And welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. It's Friday, everybody, and I'm very happy it's Friday. Weeks just are so busy these days, but uh, I, you know what? I said, let's talk about dairy today. And I said, who could we get on the podcast today to talk about dairy? I don't know. Somebody who knows a lot about it. And that's Jeffrey Rosinski, our consultant to the stars. Hello, Jeffrey. How are you? Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm surprised you didn't call the Secretary of Agriculture. You could have you no, done that. <laughs> I wanted good information. Oh, wait. No, I can't say that. I'm sorry, Secretary Yav, but I have to say that Jeffrey's pretty dang good and he knows his stuff. And normally he, uh, you know, he's on here about cocoa, he's on about energy, but no, today, dairy, uh, which is another key commodity you follow closely, correct? That's correct, Mike. So it, it's springtime, it's the annual flush, and I know you're excited about next week in Chicago with the I annual McKinney Flavel Spring Seminar. Yeah, April 26th. Good plug. But you know what? I'm really excited to see you, Jeffrey, because you and I don't get to see each other that often. So I'm excited to see you. Yeah, likewise. You're going to be there. You're going to be presenting. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And, and guess what also is happening next week in uh, in Chicago? And in fact, it actually starts this coming weekend. Oh my gosh. What is it? It's the ADPI meeting, the, the uh, American Dairy Products Institute meeting. And the way I, I uh, compare it is, or, you know, kind of a good comparison is buyers of sugar would typically attend the colloquium or the ASA meeting, right? Right. Or if you're doing tropical oils, NIOP, or if you're doing um, corn-derived sweeteners or, you know, wet milling, you're attending Sauslin. Well, this is the show of shows if you're a dairy buyer every year. Oh, my gosh. Move on over. That's, That's right. A terrible joke. <laughs> uh, so a big weekend, a lot of discussions, I bet. Yeah. So it's it's a coming together of all the buyers and sellers. And you know, one thing I thought we'd do for today's um, you know podcast is talk about the milk production report that came out this last week because I think that kind of sets the tone going okay. into that meeting. Kind of, you, you always go into one of these conferences and kind of like who has the upper hand. You know. Do, are the fundamentals leaning more in the camp of the, of the buyer or, or the seller? And kind of who, yeah. who's going in with more leverage? Got it. So uh, what is your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, so the, so the April um, milk production report just came out this last week. And let's talk about the headline numbers first. So milk production in the 24 major states. And so the, those are the, the largest you know, 24 producing states of the, of the 50 was up 0.6% versus March of last year. And, you know, the other um, change that USDA made was February was revised higher. So total milk production in the, in the previous month, February was up 1.2% versus February of last year. Okay. The report also talked about production per cow uh, in the 24 states as being, you know, 2,116 pounds of milk uh, uh, per cow during the month of March. That translates into about 68 and a quarter pounds of milk per cow per day. And they reported that the the headline number for the herd, we increased 6,000 heifers or head over the previous month. But I've got a bone to pick with that number, Mike. Let's let's pick it. (laughs) So the USDA always does a really good job about talking about the change from the previous month. One thing they 
typically don't do a lot of is talk about other numbers that they changed. And it just so happens that in this milk production report, they revised two previous months. So you can't just look at the headline number and say the herd went up by 6,000 head. You've got to look at the changes they made you know, uh, post-revisions for the month of January and February. When you include those, in addition to the changes in, in March compared to previous month, we've actually increased over you know, 20,000 heifers um, you know, in a month-on-month total gross change. So it was a much more exaggerated increase than if you just look at the translate number. I think you've got to delve into the, the meat of the article itself and see what other what other changes made. So if you if you do that, um, you quickly kind of arrive at kind of understanding that the, the total herd this year has actually increased, you know, forty thousand um, head or heifers um, above the you know, first quarter of last year. So we've got a much bigger herd this year than we did last year at the same time. Okay. So what does that at the end of the day? What does that mean for milk production? In your opinion, not necessarily what they're saying. Yeah, well, bigger herd and you know, and a higher yield is going to translate to more milk. And so, mm. our total milk output this year is up one percent in the first quarter when you compare it against the same period last year. So, in, in my mind, I think the fundamentals of this report are clearly in the camp of the buyers. So, it gives the buyers more leverage going into ADPI. We're in the spring flush. We're at the time of the year when these co-ops have more milk coming at them than they know what to do with. And they're looking to try to place that milk. And you've seen already a a pretty good um, price correction in the solids, non-fat components, the proteins, the whey's, et cetera, um, that that are out there. The only stubborn item that has been out there is butter. And I think people are waiting to see what that cold storage report um, shows. And that will be actually um, be reported out next week. But uh, so that's sort of my kind of quick kind of Reader's Digest kind of view and perspective of the milk production report that kind of sets the stage for the ADPI conference that kicks off this weekend. So more and more milk is what I'm hearing. Um, How is that going to impact the particular different products that uh, come from all this milk? Um, What is your opinion, say, on butter or nonfat, et cetera? Well, well, what I can tell you, Mike, is we're seeing a lot more imports of you know butterfat containing products this year, mm. and we're going to talk about that in more detail. Sort of a, another plug uh, next month, I believe, on the seventeenth of May, we're going to be doing our our first uh, McKinney Fovell hosted uh, webinar based solely on dairy. So I'll webinar be... on dairy, everybody. Yeah. Did you hear it? Webinar and dairy. So we're going to get into some of the the specifics and talk about price trends. We'll talk about inventory numbers. We'll talk about, um, you know, cheese inventory, class three. We'll talk about some of the class four products. Uh, We'll we'll analyze in more detail some of the uh, the, the dynamics we've seen in the the herd. But, you know, um, as a a kind of a a forerunner to that and, and to answer your question, more milk is going to be going into all of the different product categories mm. from class one fluid drinking milk all the way down into class four. Um, and we, we clearly had too much milk last year, which, you know, prices kind of reached their zenith. And then they um, turned over and started sliding down the other side. And we saw pretty good corrections in prices. So if the U.S. had too much milk last year and the herd has actually increased mm-hmm. uh, from where it was last year, we've got more imports. And I think our exports are struggling at this point um, to, to find homes elsewhere outside the, uh, the United States. I think that should keep, you know, keep a cap on prices here in the near okay. term. 
at least until we see the dairy farmer kind of change their mode from increasing their herd into a mindset of culling. Got it. Got it. So more milk yep. available to produce those products. How about the demand for fluid milk, in your opinion? I mean, I, I would imagine a lot of that goes to the school programs uh, for milk. What are you seeing in, in, in that area? Yeah, not a whole lot of changes. You're absolutely right. A lot of that class one moves in the in the school lunch programs. Oh, you um, just said moves. Moves. <laughs> uh, but that, that'll that'll be the case for you know the next two months until we okay. you know, the schools let out in in the summer in uh, in the month of June, which I know you've got two little ones at home, yeah. so you know you'll be busy trying to figure out what to do, what to do with them, um, you know, to keep them occupied over the summer. Well, um, I'll tell you what, if they're not drinking it at school, they're drinking it at home. So there you go. That my demand for my uh, whole milk, uh, I have to make sure it's whole milk, uh, goes up in the summertime because of that. Yeah. So we're not really, you know, I, I'd say from a demand standpoint, not a whole lot of change. I think the, the thing that has changed this year compared to last year is we've got a lot more imports of things like whole milk powder and AMF blends and even butter coming into the, uh, into the United States. So I've mm. got a slide that I've been working on that'll kind of highlight the, uh, the TRQ imports of, of different dairy products throughout the, uh, the first quarter and compare it year over year. So I'll share that, you know, as a kind of a, a tease, uh, teaser for the, uh, the upcoming webinar next month. Okay. Um, you know, not a lot of changes on the, uh, on the class one through class three products. Okay. And, and just a side note for everybody out there who's listening, you're going to be able to register for that webinar very shortly on our website at mckinney-fildell.com. So uh, get ready for that. You can register to uh, attend that webinar. Um, so I had a few other questions for you, but uh, what else do you have to, to, to report at this point? Because uh, it sounds like you're going to give a lot of great information on our webinar that's coming up on May 17th. That's right. So I don't want to steal that thunder. Yeah. I want to try to hold a few things it. in hold a few things in reserve to you know wet the appetite and keep our sure. uh, our, our listeners and all of our uh, you know people that that uh, dutifully you know listen in on these different webinars, kind of um, you know anticipating the, uh, the the upcoming event. So excellent. Well, my question for you was uh, the impact or uh, your opinion on uh, you know we've had obviously i'm in california so there's it's it's been a, a big thing for a while but when you look at creamers uh the plant-based or uh, nut-based cream cream market uh how is that impacting this industry at all or is it still pretty a pretty small in, in relation to overall creamer you're talking about things like oat milk or soy milk yeah, kind of dis correct. displacing flu fluid, fluid, yes, regular stuff milk. that has a lot of sugar in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's been a, a niche, it's been a trend, it's been growing. Um, you know, so yeah. I, I would expect that's going to continue just, you know, as people look for different, you know, plant-based alternatives, um, that are, you know, that are, um, you know, that are vegan, but honestly, class one or fluid milk, you know, fluid milk here in the United States, uh, per, you know, per capita consumption has been declining you know, kind of progressively mm -hmm. as people get more of their, you know, their dairy um, kind of ration, if you will, in the form of other, other forms of milk, whether it's in processed foods or cheese or, or, you know, yo right. yogurts and, and, and the like. So. Okay. Um, so do you have anything else for folks before we let them off on their weekend? No, I guess the big question is, will the Sixers sweep their series the, t tomorrow? 
Well, I hope they do. For you, I hope they do because I'm seeing you next week and nothing would make you happier than that. So going into our spring seminar, you'll be just ecstatic uh, with that because I know you're a big fan. Well, if, if they sweep it, that, that means the team gets to rest a little bit while the other teams are completing their, you know, their, their first series to get, yeah. you know, to get healthy and rested before they go into the second round, I guess, right? Yes. Well, I wish them luck. As I know, our warriors here in California are going to struggle. Uh, who knows uh, how far they will actually make it. But it'll actually be nice to have uh, other teams involved in the finals. I know all the Warrior fans out there are telling me to shut up. But I like diversity in uh, who's there. If it's the same team every year, hmm, uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, so good luck with that. Mike, I thought I thought you were I thought you were a diehard Warriors uh, fanatic. You know, I, I, it's great to watch them, but uh, you have to you have to know that every dynasty has an end, and uh, you have to accept that. <laughs> so, oh boy, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I I don't know. Everybody's seeing that out there, but hey, everybody, if you want to attend our uh, spring market seminar next week in Oak Brook, Illinois, simply go to our website. Uh, mckinney-favel.com you can attend either in person or virtually and it's the best voted the best one day conference in the commodity industry in the world uh jeffrey and that's by me so uh <laughs> so we'll look forward to seeing a lot of uh, for our customers uh, uh next week uh in oak brook if you've already registered and uh, jeffrey as i always like to say live with an attitude of gratitude enjoy every minute moment with your friends and family don't take it for granted do something fun this weekend and until our next podcast take care everybody that concludes this podcast episode for expanded commentary and more detailed information log on to mckinney favel's iq ingredient intelligence platform and listen to our market insights podcast if you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-fabel.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.